to the 10th episode of the Belt Up Podcast. What a milestone, I must say. Thank you all for listening and sharing the podcast with as many people as possible. And hopefully you can keep on doing that. So there's more podcast episodes to come. My name's Albie, and today on the Bailed Up Podcast, we have four amazing segments for you today, including a new segment, and we'll get to that later. First of all, we'll start off with the Weekly Whack, where again, we look at any news that has happened during the cricketing world over the last fortnight. There has been a lot of news in the cricketing world in general, and also in Australian cricket as well. Next, we'll have Um, A new segment where we look at historical moments in the game of cricket in history. Then the third segment for today will be Obscure Rules, where we dive into an unknown rule of cricket. And then the fourth and final segment will be Redictions. Haven't seen Redictions in a while because... I don't know, but um, there's a lot of uh, predictions to reflect on. So let's get straight into it with the first segment of the Weekly Whack. This is the Weekly Whack. Welcome to the first segment for today's episode, which is the Weekly Whack. Now let's get straight into it with some big news, the Justin Langer saga. In my opinion, if you haven't heard, Justin Langer has resigned as the head coach for the men's Australian cricket team. In my opinion, is it it is a bit poor from Cricket Australia, and I think it might be a bit poor from captain of the test team, Pat Cummins. He didn't come out and say anything. He just said... Um, some very uh, not very specific things about what he had done didn't congratulate JL that much either so I'm a bit disappointed from Cricket Australia and Pat Cummins Langer came in to coach the Australian cricket team at a tough time where Australia had been under um, scrutiny for obviously um, ball tampering and also just sledging in general Uh, that whole test series with South Africa was um, not very good and didn't didn't represent what Australia was as a cricket team or a nation as well so he came in at a tough time didn't start off too well but retained the ashes in England um, which is extremely good Um, one of the first times in a while that someone has done that then the form from them was amazing in every single format Justin Langer delivered, obviously not in the 2020-2021 series against India. That was um, a bit unfortunate and had a bit of scrutiny in early 2021 whether he should coach. But um, he ignored that, stepped away a little bit, um, let the players organize um, drills and things like that. And um, that coaching style led them to a T20 World Cup and a 4-0 Ashes series. I think the way Cricket Australia handled it wasn't that great. He should have been cricket um, the cricket coach for at least one more year because what he had done was amazing and there was a 2020 World Cup coming up um, later this year. So it's a bit disappointing, but um, Justin Langer said it was impacting his family and himself as well, being under such scrutiny by the media. So great job, JL. You've done a lot for the Australian cricket team as a player and a coach. And on to the next piece of news. Josh Inglis debuts for Australia in the first T20 International against Sri Lanka. It was a rain-affected match um, with Australia, and they won. They got um, 149 Josh Inglis got 23-ish 
Offit, he did pretty well. He started off pretty well, but then got out. It started raining, but uh, Australia managed to finish the 20 overs, and then it rained some more, and it left Sri Lanka to um, have 19 overs to complete the game with, I don't know, um, certain many runs, because the DLS method is a bit messed up, in my opinion. They finished 8 for 122 um, and lost by 20 runs. Uh, off 19 overs. Uh, overs. Um, Adam Zampa was named player of the match with his effort of 3 for 18, even though Josh Hazelwood got 4 for 12. Um, great job from Adam Zampa and the Australian team. A very positive start to the year of cricket. Um, on to the next piece of news. If you didn't know, the Indian Premier League or IPL mega auction has begun. Pat Cummins retained was retained by Kolkata Knight Riders for 1.3 million um, Australian dollars. Josh Hazelwood was sold for 1.44 million dollars um, and was bought by Royal Challengers Bangalore, which has nearly quadrupled his earnings from last year. Glenn Maxwell was also retained by RCB or Royal Challengers Bangalore by, uh, for $2 million, um, Australian dollars. And then Mitch Marsh went for $1.2 million, um, Australian dollars and was bought by the Delhi Capitals, which is also more than triple um, of his earnings from last year in the um, IPL. David Warner... Um, was sold and bought for $1.16 million to Delhi Capitals, which um, him and Pat Cummins received a very large cut from their salary from last year. And two new IPL franchises or clubs have been announced um, will come out this season of the IPL with Lucknow Supergiants and Gujarat um, Titans as well. So there's just some news in the IPL. I will bring you more news in the IPL as that begins as well. And also, the Aussie women cricket team have won all three ODIs to steal a lossless um, Ashes, which is amazing. Um, Elise Perry finding some form and um, obviously... Um, Annabelle Sutherland doing extremely well, like always, and so is Talia McGrath. Beth Minnie was left out of um, the uh, ODIs. I think she might be resting herself for the One Day International World Cup in March, um, and that's the news for that. Next, Will Pukowski makes return in Sheffield Shield Max against um, the South Australian Redbacks with a very classy half-century and then gets concussed for the 11th time in the pre-day warm-up. It's very disappointing. And the question is, is that the end of his career? 11 um, concussions is not good for the human. Uh, he's, it seems he's pretty prone to a concussion. Um, I read something a few months ago that he got concussed by tripping over a mat and hitting his head on a doorknob. So it's a bit unfortunate for Will Pukowski. Um, I don't know, but I think, in my opinion, if he gets concussed one more time, I reckon he's done, which is very disappointing because he's a bright star and I hopefully he doesn't get concussed again because he is an amazing player. That's all we have time for today on the Weekly Whack. Moving on to the next segment. Welcome to the new segment, which is If I Could Turn Back Time, where we talk about biggest historical moments in the game of cricket. And today, we'll be talking about the underarm ball. There has been a lot and a lot of documentaries and books about 
this famous ball that occurred on February the 1st, 1981 in a one-day international match between Australia and New Zealand. Five was needed off the last ball, so um, New Zealand had to hit a six to seal the, uh, not to seal the game actually, to tie the game, just to tie the game, just draw the game, but there was no such thing as a super over in those days, so the captain, Greg Chappell, walked over to his brother and told his brother, Trevor, mate, bowl the last ball underarm, they won't be able to scoop it up and hit it for six, so that's your best way of sealing the win for us. And that was the only strategy they had because there was no such thing as um, a super over. So off he went, Trevor, bowled the last ball underarm, and it was a tragedy. Um, the batter threw his bat up in the air, hit the ground. He wasn't very happy. The captain of New Zealand was not very happy because he was a player in the one-day um, competition in the United Kingdom, and the rules stated there that no ball shall be permitted to be bowled under arm. And those rules were designed in England um, for this comp to make sure that this did not happen. But the rule um, that was stated in the rule books for the United Kingdom um, competition wasn't in the Australian World Series cut rules, so it was, of course, allowed. Richie Benno also said they had done their sums wrong, um, which is a bit silly of Greg Chappell. Greg Chappell wanted to bowl Dennis Lilly the last over, but they had accidentally made him bowl the 49th, which meant, of course, from the cricketing rules, that he wasn't allowed to bowl the 50th, which only meant that Greg Chappell could bowl his brother, Trevor, and that, of course, led to the famous underarm ball. And it was the biggest deal. And I'll leave you on a bit of a cliffhanger. Not really a cliffhanger. I'll just leave you on something that says or sums up the underarm ball as a whole. It's one of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Good night. What kind of rule is that? This is the school rules. Welcome to the third segment for today's episode of the Bowed Up Podcast, which is, of course, Obscure Rules. And if you know and you have listened to this podcast previously, we've had some very unknown rules because it is Obscure Rules. But today, we have a pretty, um, not particularly unknown rule, but in my opinion, it's pretty confusing. It's the timed out rule, of course. Um, If you didn't know, timed out by the Law 40 of the Laws of Cricket, provides that an incoming batsman must be in position to take guard. Take guard means um, the batsman has to stand in position to um, be ready to face the ball um, or for his partner to be ready to receive the next ball within three minutes of the fall of the previous wicket. So that means that, for example, if you imagine it, if Steve Smith gets out, which doesn't happen very often, if he gets out, that gives Travis Head, the next batsman, the number five batsman, it gives him exactly three minutes to walk out, get ready, onto the field, to the centre, take guard and get ready for the bowler to bowl him a ball. If this requirement is not meant, so for example, if Travis Head didn't make it to the field or the centre of the field, onto the field, that was a lot of fields, in um, under three minutes, he's given out. He's timed out with no appeal. He can't make an excuse. He has no appeal. That is him out. So, it could be one second, two seconds, half a second, over three minutes. They are out. It is over three minutes because if you're taking three minutes to walk out um, to the middle of the pitch, to the middle of the ground, three minutes is about 
an entire over in Test cricket. No one in the history of Test cricket has ever been timed out, and hopefully we don't see it ever again. And in my opinion, the only time I've seen time the timed out rule ever nearly executed on the cricketing stage was um, the 2021-2022 um, Ashes series. Scott Boland and Mitchell Stark were making a mess of the England batting lineup, ripping them to shreds. Um, Zach Crawley had gotten out. And Jack Leach ran out into the field. He thought um, he thought he was the last batsman for the day. There was only about ten minutes remaining. Or you could see in the change room all the English batsmen. Uh, none of them were padded up. They looked pretty chilled out, thinking they were gonna um, just chill out for the rest of the day, not having to go out into the field. Second ball, Jack Leach gets bowled, and that means it gives. Ben Stokes, about three minutes to walk out to the center of the ground. He hadn't had any of pads on, so he rushed to get everything on before the timed out rule was activated. He walked out to the center of the ground. Pat Cummins and Steve Smith, they um, walked over to the umpire, who was Paul Rifle, and asked him, mate, how long has he taken? Because this is nearly three minutes, and it was very nearly three minutes. It was about two and a half minutes. So that could have been the first um, indication or activation of the timed out rule in test cricket and cricket in general. So that's all we have time for today and on Obscure Rules, reflecting on the rule of the timed out. So that's all we have time for and on to the next segment. Welcome to the fourth and final segment for today's episode, which is, of course, predictions, where we reflect on predictions. And today, I'll be reflecting on the predictions that we made last episode for what the first one-day international team would look like for the first one-day international for the women's ashes. Now, um... The opening pair was exactly the same, in my opinion. Rachel Haynes and Alyssa Healy both opened. Alyssa Healy did take the gloves again. Meg Lanning also was at number three in both lineups, and Elise Perry was at number four in both lineups as well. But from here on, after number four, it gets a bit different. Um, Beth Mooney was left out of the side for all the um, one-day internationals to make sure she was fit to the one for the one-day international World Cup that is happening for the women in March. So she was not in the side. Instead, Tali McGraw was up the order at number five. And then it was um, Ash Gardner, who I did predict would be at number seven. Then um, it was, of course, Annabelle Sutherland, who was brought into the side at number six. Um, in the actual, actually number seven in the actual side, Nicola Carey was number eight. She was brought into the side as well. She was the one I got wrong, as well as Annabelle Sutherland. Um, Jess, Jess Jonathan was brought into the side as well, as well as Alana King and Megan Shoot. So most of those I did get right. Um, the ones I did get right were the opening pair. Um, from one to four, I got right. Tally McGraw as well. Ash Gardner, Jess Jonathan, Alana King, Megan Shoot. The ones I did get wrong were Darcy Brown and Beth Mooney. And the order was a bit um, wrong as well. So there were some contributing factors that led to the um, those players not playing. Of course, Beth Mooney being rested and Darcy Brown has played pretty much every game in the entire series. Alana King made her debut, which is good to see. And I did predict that. Um, so... To do that well, 9 out of 11, which is pretty good in my opinion, but some of the orders that I did predict were com- um, were completely wrong, um, but from 1 to 4 were pretty good. So that's all we have time for today on predictions and on to the outro. 
Thank you for listening to the 10th episode of the Bowed Up Podcast, which is amazing. What a big milestone for the Bowed Up Podcast. Thank you all for listening. It was amazing to see so many downloads for all the podcasts and the support recently. Great to see um, some new segments being developed in the podcast as well because I hope to bring you the best podcast possible. Um, And that's all we have time for today on the Bowed Up Podcast. I'll be back in two weeks. We'll have another amazing podcast for you, the 11th episode. So that's me, Albie out. 